How do you feel when you put on that mask? Are you hiding from the world? Or do you want the world to hide away from you? Maybe you feel invincible. More than just a man. Or maybe you're just like me. You see that life is nothing but a sick joke, and so you choose a face to match. But what happens when we become what we pretend to be? When illusion becomes the new reality. Does it even matter? After all, if you find a mask that fits, you never need to take it off. <laughs> This is Alex. Uh, this is episode number 111. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, so be sure to head on over to the BatmanUniverse.net to help support the TVU server co- cost drive. Okay. <laughs> I was about to so say, I'm noticing all these typos <laughs> on the show notes when you said that. <laughs> help. <laughs> support. support coast drive <laughs> this tv server coast drive and then if if you look in the email uh subject it's eosol <laughs> <laughs> oh man great job too uh, you're welcome dave i'm glad i can make these show notes as easy to read as possible <laughs> oh, man. It's funny. I did it. I had them up for a while, like before we were recording, just looking at everything, all the stories we had. I didn't even notice it until you started, you know, doing the intro and saying all that stuff. I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. Oh wait, that's not right. Well, at least you got the 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 majority of the words right, Tim. <laughs> uh, see, yes. when I type, sometimes I sometimes I type fast. And then if I make a mistake, I expect to see that red line that tells you like you spelled something wrong. Yeah. And I didn't see any of that. So like I didn't bother to double check. Like, okay, I don't see any red lines. I'm set to get the date. <laughs> because yes, I do know how to well, spell I mean, episode. I do know how to spell help. Help. And I do know how to spell cost. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure, Tim? Yes, I'm positive. <laughs> what uh high school did you go to? I went to Oak No High. Okay. Sounds like a very prestigious school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of that Simpson episode where uh, they say that Ralph William is failing English. He's all, me fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but now we got the, all the bad grammar out of the way. Hopefully a better podcast will ensue. <laughs> yes, because, you know, I'm sure your parents didn't want to send you to private school because that would cost a lot. <laughs> I don't know, but it might have helped uh, me better in yeah. education. <laughs> oh, man. But we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of this episode, <laughs> We got to save uh, that now for the whole show. Yeah, no, <laughs> we got to refer it to episode. <laughs> well, at least I know our rating skill now. It's going to be uh, misspellings by Tim. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> How could it be anything else? <laughs> um, 
But let's do the uh, Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary. Uh, this is going to be minute 61 to 62. You know, we're, let's see, in the, it, if we're climbing a mountain, where are we on the mountain right now? I'd say we're just like a little under halfway. Okay. Well, well, not really, because this movie is two hours and 45 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. For some reason, I don't know why I was thinking it was two hours and twenty, but no, that's a that's a short Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> so, so we're kind of so so we're kind of in the bottom quarter, three quarters, yeah, quarter of the we're still mountain. near the bottom. Yep. Yeah, uh, but making progress. I don't know how this is going to end, Tim. This is either going to end by us fish, finishing this, or one of us is going to. To pass away from old age. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which, which one's going to happen first. Uh, this is going to keep us alive, <laughs> knowing that we have to finish this. <laughs> uh, well, my grandma did live to 104 years old, so nice. Uh, my grandpa still kicking at uh, 92, so <laughs> hopefully we got good longevity in our gene thing. <laughs> hopefully we do. So get your uh, your. Blu-ray. I mean, not your Blu-ray. That's still relevant. Pretty soon uh, you're going to be saying that, Dane, because yeah, 4K yeah. is coming. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, get your beta tape. Get your HD DVD. Get your laser uh, disc. Laser disc. How could I forget that? <laughs> the greatest uh, of all. Uh, get your projector. Your old school projector. And what else, Tim? Uh, you got VHS. You got beta. You got laser disc. Yep. Yeah, HD DVD. Yeah, uh, we think we're all covered. Okay, good. Uh, and just scroll it to the sixty-first minute, and I'm gonna give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready, Tim? Let's begin. I've been waiting two weeks for this. That was kind of redundant. <laughs> Tim, are you ready, Tim? <laughs> uh, I am ready. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Hit play. So we hit play, the doors, or I should say the elevator scrolls down to their secret bunker. With the that, bunker. Was one of the, that was a pretty cool scene. <laughs> yeah. Remember seeing that, uh, I know right now it's not being referred to as the bomb, but that bomb and all the set pictures that leaked out and is wondering, oh, what is that going to be? Is it some new device for Batman or is it going to be a bomb? <laughs> I thought people were saying that's uh, that's Bane's thing. Yeah, I mean, because I forget where, what shots actually leaked out with if there was any characters in there. We might have seen it with the tumblers oh. that were roaming down the street in some of the set photos, but I'm not exactly sure or remember. Why is there water in this uh, underground bunker thing? <laughs> um, to destroy it, like Lucius did, just in case it gets in the wrong end. <laughs> And that's it. Oh, I was going to no. say we were going to end on a, a stern, funny-looking face from Lucius, but <laughs> it just moved on now to uh, Talia. And her face isn't uh, <laughs> quite uh, normal. That you'd probably find flattering if you pause it on that spot. <laughs> yeah, what um, what Simpsons episode was that? I keep on forgetting where um, that the, the bar owner is... Like he keeps pausing the video of himself. And, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was the one where they had like that best beer or bartender competition. No, oh. and he won. 
and then like oh yeah 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 and like the, the, the photo or they they, they took a picture over on like a, a camera someone was filming it for the news or something and when he smiled <laughs> he kept positive he weird faces and that's what makes him decide to get plastic surgery to become better looking well, that oh man and there's a siren <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can't do anything about it so Tim why don't you tell the good people listening at home or in their car or at work or on a jog on a jog exercising Exercising, lifting weights, uh, doing some cardio, doing yoga. Well, this put you in a nice, relaxing state if you're like <laughs> doing meditation <laughs> and yoga stuff. Our voices are these soothing. Not a siren. <laughs> That's not <good>. an ambulance. <laughs> That's not going to make you feel relaxed. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell the good people at home what our future topic for this episode is going to be? Yes, and uh, Dane, it's ESOD, remember? <laughs> oh, ESOD. Oh, dang it, I gotta get that in my brain. Uh, yeah, so our future topic for this ESOD is gonna be uh, a recap of all the new Batman games and details that we revealed at E3 this week. And I always love it when it's E3 week. Well, being a gamer, it's always fun getting the new game announcements and the trailers for all the new stuff coming out. And being a fan of Batman and Star Wars, this is like one of the best E3s ever because there is a lot of new details revealed for Batman and Star Wars games to go along with all the other just, you know, normal original games that are coming out later this year. So lots of stuff to look forward to if you're a gamer or if you're just a fan of certain genres like Star Wars or Batman. But uh, there is pretty much, I would say, three big things going on with Batman at E3 this year. So kind of going to recap those for you guys tell us what we think of them and which ones are we most excited for so first up um this actually got announced before e3 actually started it was a week before where injustice 2 got announced um there was rumblings that we should be hearing something about it soon that there was a new injustice game in development but now it was officially announced and at first we just got a cg trailer where you see different uh dc heroes taking on superman you see flash uh you see aquaman and batman and what was unique about it, you saw some these armor plates come on them. And you were, you didn't get really any context as to why. So there was in the normal suits, but then it gets all armored up and it changes throughout the trailer. So there was kind of questions regarding that. But then when we got the actual gameplay, gameplay trailer and some more details, it shed some light on you know what that entails. So first off, that gameplay trailer, man... It looks awesome. I can't wait for this. I loved the first Injustice game, and I was clamoring for a sequel to come out soon, so I'm glad we're getting one, and it's slated for sometime in 2017, so hopefully it's early 2017, because it's looking so good, and we got some new characters in this one that were shown in the trailer, which some I'm really excited about, like Supergirl and Atrocitus. Those are two characters where I was just talking with my brother as it's got announced, like, what new characters do you think you want to see? Like, oh, they're probably going to have Supergirl because of the popularity with the show. And Atrocitus would be cool because it'd be awesome to have another Lantern-type character. So when those two were shown in the trailer, that was pretty cool. And their moves look awesome. And we also got Gorilla Grodd, who's going to be a new playable character. And they're still you know, keeping other reveals a secret for now. But I think we're going to be getting some other new cool characters to go along with the other ones. So... Yeah, the environments, I mean, of course, it's on a new, this current generation of systems, so the graphics are going to look better, which you immediately tell the difference with how awesome the environments look. I mean, a lot of ones that were shown off in the trailer were uh, Atlantis and, and Metropolis, and the environments just look so good. The water and the 
like the sea monsters that are roaming around there, ones that when you do the interactive environments that got, comes out and just throws you across, the detail on that looks so good. And just the new detail, like on these statues in Metropolis, where you, there's one of Superman and one of Clark, just really, really good, cool stuff. And it's just going to be a blast to play through because it just looks so awesome. So, yeah, I'm super excited for it because, I mean, I love the first game, and this one looks to be improving on what I loved about that with new characters and better graphics and new gameplay mechanics, too, because like I mentioned at the beginning with that first trailer where they were showing a different armor, there's going to be a lot of customization in this game where you're going to unlock different armors for your characters, which is going to increase their stats and give them a different look, which you can uh, use to you know, kind of fit to your liking how you want your character to be, which I think is cool, because I remember, not to this extent, but uh, the old Street Fighter game, Street Fighter Alpha 3, had a little customization to it as well, where you level up your character, and you can uh, kind of... Uh, I'm not sure if you equip certain things, but you could change the stats a little bit. I liked having kind of a personalized character that you could use to fight. So if we get that one in Justice and some cool-looking armor, <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a great new addition to the gameplay for it. And, yeah, I just can't wait for it. So, I don't know, what do you think of the trailer, Dane? Not really into uh, Injustice, Gods Among Us. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not really too pumped for this one. No, nor the. I mean, I know I'm skipping ahead, but uh, I'm not excited for the the Batman VR. Yeah, we'll get to that the one. Arkham VR. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. But, yeah. But how are you much into fighting games? Not really, because I kind of see them like, uh, like, like that new game, uh, Overwatch, where it's just a, you know, it's just a, like a battle arena mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it, it it doesn't really have any any depth to it. That that's kind of how I feel feel about those kind of games. Yeah, I've been a fighting game fan since Street Fighter Two. <laughs> so I first played that like back in '91. So I can't say yeah. I played every fighting game, but my favorites are Street Fighter, Tekken, and Injustice. Even though that's more based on Mortal Kombat, I still enjoyed it and thought the fighting mechanics and the system and that were really cool. I always yeah yeah, and don't get me wrong. I mean that like. Those kind of games like Tekken, they're they're great. I mean, they were great when I was a kid going to the arcade. But I don't know, j- just at home on a console, on your computer, whatever. It it, it just doesn't. Uh, it, it just doesn't match. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well. Especially net here in the U.S., that's going to be the only way to for fighting games since arcades are <laughs> pretty oh, much yeah. dead now. <laughs> yeah, you got to go like Japan or something. Exactly, but we still yeah. got online play, so which is fun. Oh yeah, I guess you could play that online, right? Mm-hmm. You can play uh, Injustice online, and that one was you play a big... with your brother. Yeah, which we had some good matches. Of course, <laughs> the one my brother, who's all into Green Lantern, was Al Jordan all the time. So. <laughs> Do you guys still get mad at each other if you guys? Keep on losing to the other person. <laughs> no, you just basically get mad at the controller and your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the cool things about the first injustice was their finishing moves that you had, that their specials that they could yeah. do. They, they looked awesome, and they're changing them up for the better in this second one, which we got a, some look at in the trailer because probably the two characters in the first game that had the weakest uh, super moves were Superman and Batman. Superman would just like 
take you up to the sky or take you to space and then just punch you from there and you'd fall down, which, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't, you know, as cinematic as some of the other characters. And Batman, he'd just do a couple of uh, martial arts move on you and call the Batmobile, which would just hit you. So <laughs> they didn't, just like on a cinematic level, they weren't as cool as the other ones, but on this one, they're a lot better. Superman is pretty much taken right out of Man of Steel, where you see him, he takes you up, you're flying, he just punches you yeah. one after another, then he just flies by, like he's just standing there waiting for you to catch up to him and grabs you and just throws you down. And Batman, he takes you up into the Batwing, which looks awesome, and just starts pounding you with machine gun fire. And just visually, it just looks really cool. So uh, those two characters and Aquaman looks even better, too. We're almost straight out of the Justice League number one issue where he takes you into the vast ocean and then a big shark comes out and just bite, grabs you and bites you and takes you back to your fighting mat. So does that in Atrocitus is cool, too. He takes you to the Red Lantern planet which for some reason I'm blanking on that name, but <laughs> he calls out uh, his construct, which is uh, the life force or the like the avatar of the Red Lanterns, uh, which is that bull, which just rams you into a wall, which visually, again, with the new uh, current-gen system graphics, looks awesome. So I'm just super pumped for this, being a fighting game fan and someone who was a big fan of the first Injustice. So I can't wait for this one. But um, that wasn't the only Batman. Well, it's not even technically a Batman game, but <laughs> a game featuring Batman. But the other big one, I would argue to say, which is cool, but at the same time disappointing because we didn't get a trailer or anything for it. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, that 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 kind of bummed me out. Yeah, I was, I was expecting it, but yeah, because I was I was looking for the trailer and it's just pictures. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, of course we're talking about Telltale Batman game and. As you said, Dane, we did get some pictures on it, which were revealed, I believe, a few days before E3 got going, or like the day before. And um, I don't know about you, but I'm digging the art style for it. I think it looks really cool. And some that has like a comic book feel to it, but also, you know, just a great looking video game in its own right, too. I'm really liking the art style. Yeah, definitely. And uh, if I know Telltale, uh, and I've played... Pretty much all all of their more recent games, the you know all all of the Walking Dead ones. Uh, did you play the Wolf? Yeah, I was just gonna ask you. Did you play that one? Um, yeah, that one is good. It, so. <laughs> they, they, like, if you like a really good story, then you should play that one. Okay, cool. Because yeah. it was a free game to download for Xbox Live a few months ago, and I downloaded it. I haven't started it yet, but I kind of want to play it before Batman comes out, just to get a little taste of what to expect. Yeah, they're really good at making story-driven games. It's not so much action. You're going to be sitting there and yeah. then, you know, looking around for one little piece in a giant room that fits in another piece, and to to unlock a door and then advance the story that way. You know, it's it's not like. Uh, Arkham Knight or something. Sure, yeah. yeah. A lot of what I like about those games too is the decisions you have to make with the conversations you have with characters. Oh yeah, especially the Walking Dead man, the the, the Walking Dead uh, video game because they, they they put you in these situations where you you got to save one person or another person, and then you save one person, and then you feel terrible that you didn't save the other person. <laughs> Yeah, it's like those tough choices. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. going to stick with you after you make it. <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's just the, the the situations they put you in are so great that, uh, 
it, it makes you feel bad after. <laughs> I know. See, I mean, as much that tells of a good game, though, that it makes you feel that way. <laughs> that yeah. just draws you in. So I'm hoping we get that with this Batman game. Yeah, and all their games are good. Uh, I've even played uh, the Borderlands one and the uh, the Minecraft one. I mean, I, I didn't expect the Minecraft one to be good because I didn't even know they did a Minecraft one. Yeah, they, uh, it's it's called Minecraft. I think it's just story st- story mode, story mode, okay. and uh, it's it's actually a really good story. And for someone that doesn't play Minecraft, it's it's really good. <laughs> it got you hooked anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for Batman, I, mean, I wish we got a title for it, but it looks like it's going to be called Batman <laughs> for right yeah. now. So there were some demos well, that were well, shown. You, know, up. They, they, you see what they do is they they just have a generic name like batman and the individual episodes uh-huh oh uh, that's are named that's, yeah and okay. it looks like batman's gonna have five mm-hmm. so that that should be good okay yeah forgot about that yeah <laughs> that makes sense but yeah so they did have demos at e3 but it was behind closed doors where only you know like video game journalists were able to go and play them so they were able to write about it but it would have been cool if we could actually see it in action but from what they described, it does sound pretty pretty neat. They say it starts off with Batman uh, kind of breaking up a robbery that's in progress. And you have a conversation with uh, Gordon. You meet up with Catwoman at the end. And they said the action of it, like you mentioned, Dane, just quick time events where you're hitting one button to kind of simulate his moves, which those could be pretty fun. And it just allows you to kind of just enjoy the graphics instead of worrying about pulling off some cool moves. Yeah, so, yeah and it's, it's also about timing, too. Yeah. Which can get really frustrating. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so I don't mind those. I think those could be pretty fun. But in one of the demos yeah. that uh, a game journalist played, I think this was over at GameSpot, where... They were describing it, which was to me sounded pretty cool. As you're in an action moment at the beginning, as your Batman, it cuts to like a flashback sequence where Bruce is talking to Alfred, and he's asking you questions about you know doing being Batman, uh, why he's doing this, and wanting to you know fight crime. And depending on the answers that you give to Alfred, is kind of going to affect a little bit. I don't, I don't necessarily the moves, but the way I guess Bruce or Batman reacts to that fight that you're that's going on the current timeline. So that sounded pretty neat to me going back and forth between a flashback with Bruce and then in the current period with Batman. So stuff like that should be pretty intriguing. But I think the one thing that can be taken away from a lot of norm, uh, numerous uh, recaps and impressions I've read on this game is that the best parts are coming when you're actually just Bruce Wayne. That's where you get into the you know meat of the dialogue choices and the story points that are coming forwards and it's being described that he's at a charity event for Harvey Dent pre two face and you have discussions with him, you have discussions with Carmen Falcone and I believe Vicky Vale is there. So uh, all these reactions they even mentioned how Carmine Falcone is trying to, you know, get Bruce to go in on a deal with him where depending on your like dialogue choices can affect, you know, how Carmine Falcone views you, if you could tell you really don't like him, or if you're being secretive as Bruce Wayne, being all for it. So all that stuff sounds really fun. I mean, all these, especially with the Arkham game, they always say, you know, become the Batman. This one is kind of even going to bring that home even more so, I think, especially on the Bruce Wayne front, where it's going to drive the story and everything that happens going forward. So it sounds really cool. It looks really cool. So I can't wait for it. I think this is going to be uh, one of the better Batman games to go right alongside the Arkham one. So it's looking really, really cool. Yeah, and 
unfortunately, now we got to talk about Batman VR <laughs> or Arkham VR yeah. or whatever they're calling. Well, actually, I should say before we move totally away from the Telltale game was that they did announce yeah. uh, some of the voice cast for it. As we know, who's going to be playing Batman, which is uh, going to be Troy Baker, who Arkham Origin fans will remember him as the Joker, who did an awesome job as yeah. being a good, you know, follow up to Mark Hamill. So it'd be kind of interesting to see or hear how he does as Batman in this game. And one of the impressions from someone who played it said his Batman voice is heavily modulated, where it almost sounds like uh, like Arrow does when he has that voice deepener on to hide who he is. So we'll see how that goes for that. If you can really tell if it's going to be Troy Baker, or it's mainly the voice modulator that you're hearing. So be interesting to hear that on Batman. And then, uh, you know, we got, let's see, Travis Willingham's playing Harvey Dent. And then we got uh, Laura Bailey's going to be playing Selena Kyle. And a lot of other, you know, well-known video game voice actors are going to be in this game. We got someone from uh, The Wolf Among Us, Aaron Nivette. And we got, uh, who's going to be playing Vicky Vale. And Richard Monagle will be playing uh, Carmine Falcone, who uh, it says here in the article I'm reading on Game Informer, he plays uh, Sullivan in uh, the Uncharted game. And if you play the Uncharted game, do you know who Sully is and what he looks like? He definitely <laughs> could fit Carmine Falcone. So that's like a perfect match right there. So Isn't that the old guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, when you hear his voice and see how it looks, you're like, of course, yeah. <laughs> I can already picture how he sounds in the game, so it should be fun. Okay, now we can go on to Batman Arkham VR. <laughs> and I, I'm going to be honest, when Sony was on their press conference was showing all the stuff coming to VR, they showed a Star Wars game, uh, the Battlefront X-Wing VR mission, and I was like, oh, that looks pretty neat. Then they showed, then the Batman trailer came up, and you hear Joker's voice, and of course it's Mark Hamill giving this awesome dialogue about putting on the cowl and how if you're going to wear a mask, why don't you just keep it on the whole time? So all that was really cool. And it was like, ah, Sony's sucking me in. I want to try out this VR games, but I'm, I'm probably going to be, uh, the whole VR situation, it's like, I'm kind of expecting it to be one of those video game phases like motion control was and uh, 3D was. So, but VR has potential, you know, to take it to the next level and last if it's done right. But I'm still kind of skeptic on it or skeptical on it because, for one thing, I don't even know if I can handle it <laughs> as much as I want to try it because I've had heard from people who did uh, demo some VR games where they kind of might get motion sickness or they just can't handle it because of their vision. So it's going to depend on the person and hopefully I can. But that's one of those things where if you don't demo it and you just want to try it, you're going to have to spend 400 bucks, And then if you can't handle it, <laughs> yeah. you're going to be screwed. So it's uh, kind of a tricky situation with, I think, certain people in getting VR games. But uh, the way the game is described um, is where you're not pretty much going to be, you know, fighting <laughs> as Batman and doing action stuff. How certain demos were described was that, first off, which probably sounds like the coolest part, is you get to, you know, put on the cowl, put on, like, the gloves, your utility belt, your uh, grappling gun. So people uh, that I've seen or read about who played it, so that's a pretty cool experience, you know, kind of really making you feel like Batman putting on that cowl in the VR. So that sounded cool. And then they said the rest of the game is mainly going to be, you know, the detective aspect of the Arkham games where you're investigating crime scenes. And the one that's happening in Arkham VR, spoiler alert here, <laughs> if you don't want to know what's going to happen if you plan to play this game, um, you're investigating the murder of Nightwing. 
So that's the one that was showcased in the demo where you see that his body is just kind of all beat up and Batman is, you know, going to use his detective skills that we've seen in the Arkham games where you're able to rewind the, the crime scene, look for clues, and it has that, you know, uh, like to, perfect for the virtual reality that, you know, the VR simulation of the crime scene. So stuff like that is kind of perfect for VR that they're going for in this game. I'm just not sure how much of a game can be just based on that. So I'm wondering if this is going to be kind of a short you know, add-on to the Arkham games for PS4 owners where it's going to be maybe like an hour or two and not necessarily, not necessarily a full-fledged game. So it does sound neat. I am intrigued. But like you, Dane, I'm just worried about handling the VR <laughs> aspect of it if I can handle it because I got bad vision anyway. And yeah. hopefully wearing contact shouldn't uh, affect how you view the VR stuff and i imagine with glasses for people who wear those that hopefully that shouldn't affect it that much either but i'm just can curious. you even use glasses for or or with those headsets i know so that's another thing do they even fit yeah so or, would you have to be blind <laughs> if you want to <laughs> use it but then again it makes it like you're there and you're so close so maybe you don't need them i don't know but i definitely want to try it out like i said i don't yeah. want to just buy it and then find out uh, it's not really for me. I can't handle the VR or I get a headache every time after or something. And then I wasted 400 bucks. So, Yeah, I, yeah. But how, how do you do that? I know. I, I'm hoping once PlayStation VR goes on sale later this year, they'll have like demos and kiosks at certain stores to yeah. try out. But then again, I don't like using that stuff because of all the germs that are on there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to bring a can of Lysol and spray inside. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I know. If you knew how many times I wash my hands throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's Batman VR. Doesn't have us too excited, but at the same time, I, I am intrigued by it, but just not super pumped for it. I do want to try it because it does sound like it could be neat, but just how much of it will you know will it draw you, draw you in, and if you can handle it. So those are the big questions for me on yeah. those games. But so. I was going to ask you, Dane, which one was your favorite out of these three, but I think I can pretty much guess it. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that they nail this Batman VR game. Uh, but it's it's going to be uh, the Telltale Batman game. Definitely. That's definitely probably the more popular choice, but for yeah. me, I'm going to have to go with Injustice. I, I'm a big fighting game fan, and like I said, this one just like it's going to take the first injustice to a whole new level and i can't wait to see what new characters levels and moves are going to be applied to this game because just with this these two short trailers that they gave us it's looking really awesome so i can't wait but before we move on and end the future topic i did put a twitter poll out there for our listeners to get their take on what they're most excited for and we got the results in and the choices were Injustice 2 came in at 14%, which unfortunately for me is, was the uh, lowest one in the poll. So not everyone wow. as excited for it as me. <laughs> uh, coming in in second is Telltale's Batman game at 29%. And coming in third is Batman Arkham VR at 17%. Wow. But at 40%, what one was that all of them people are excited for. So. Oh. <laughs> that's, oh, okay that's good yeah it's good to know that there's gamers out there who want to try all this stuff it's not just you know going towards one genre or batman fans wanting to try all the different aspects of these new games which is cool so and uh i think we got a message from or a tweet from alex on that too where his reactions to the game he goes um 
I couldn't play a fighting game to save my life, but Injustice 2 looks awesome. I love the little cat guy on Atrocitus. Yes, Alex, that is a good point, because when I first saw the trailer, I didn't notice him, but in a gameplay demo, I saw Dexstar, the Red Lantern cat, and then when you see his moves, it just looks funny and awesome. This is like a little added touch in there that they didn't have to do, but for you know hardcore Green Lantern fans, I think they're going to get a kick out of that, and seeing Dexstar with Atrocitus. That was pretty darn funny. <laughs> But yeah, thanks everyone for voting on the Twitter poll to get your feedback on all the Batman video games. And regardless if you're excited for one more than the other, I just think it's really cool that this E3, we got three different Batman games or games with Batman in them to to get us excited about the future of Batman games. And I was talking about this with Star Wars on the Saga Continues podcast. There's a lot of great Star Wars games on the horizon to look forward to. But when you're a fan of both Batman and Star Wars, like we are, Dane, and you combine those two genres with yeah. all the other games that were shown at E3 that look awesome, yeah. it's going to be a fun but an expensive time to be a gamer, <laughs> especially if you're into Batman and Star Wars, that's for sure. But are they gonna do uh, I'm ready for with, it. Uh, are they going to do anything with um, uh, Battlefield? I mean, not Battlefield. Battlefront. Battlefront. Yeah. Well, you still got more DLC packs coming out this year. Next week yeah. is the Bespin one, which looks amazing. The graphics yeah, are yeah, so good. That. And then Battlefront 2 will come out next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there'll be plenty of Battlefront content to <laughs> keep, yeah. keep you busy. All right, I still play the one we got now and with, with yeah. the DLC packs coming. Still going to be playing it probably till Battlefront 2 comes out. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I final, finally caved in and I bought it. Ah, nice. Uh, well, it was from Gamefly and it was fourteen ninety nine. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Hey, still to get cool to get a good deal. I, yeah, I can't. I I can't be disappointed. So. <laughs> Have you tried much of it yet? Yeah, I am bad, terrible, <laughs> terrible at uh, at game. I won't say I'm good at it. I, I'll just say I get by. where I kill just enough people to make it worthwhile or, you know, keep it competitive. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, I'm not that uh, that Call of Duty sort of guy. Sure. That plays the multiplayer for that. Yeah, which was the one of the big criticisms for the first Battlefront was that didn't have a single-player campaign, which I, I'm pretty much willing to bet 99% they're adding that in the second one because that was like the biggest... <laughs> Uh, want from fans when they you know let them know what was missing in the game what they hoped for in the sequel was a single player campaign so i think we're going to get that in the next one which should look awesome yeah but how would you do that just just make make a uh battlefield or call of duty game yeah just you know create a new character star wars universe yeah create a new character focus on that character throughout the course of the campaign. The only question is, which I'm hoping maybe it lets you choose size where you want to be on the Imperials or the Rebels. Oh, so that yeah. way you're not just yeah. stuck with one or the other. But yeah, so lots to look forward to there. But I, just real quick, Dan, I wanted to ask you, besides the non-Star Wars or Batman games, was there any other e- games revealed at E3 that had you real excited? Um, hmm. Which ones did I see? Uh... The the game, uh, The Last Guardian. Okay, that's, yeah, that one that's finally I'm coming out this year. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, in October. Yeah, uh, after its first review back in two thousand nine. What's that game called? The zombie one. Oh, Dead uh, Rising. No, no, no. Or the new uh, one. 
the new one, the, the one new with, uh, property. The one with Sam Witwer <laughs> on the I motorcycle. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it was called like Before Tomorrow or After Tomorrow or something like that. Days Gone. Days Gone. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely excited for that one. Uh, let's see what what else? Uh, I, I know there's a bunch because I, I watched all of all of the presentations. Yeah. <laughs> But I just can't remember them. There was a lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, Go- Ghost Recon. Uh, that one looked Wildlands. Really cool, yeah. yeah. I can't wait to play that in Goa. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. You know, I'm going to be kicking myself when I think back on this because I'm going to be like, <laughs> oh, no, that game. I totally forgot about I that. Well, for uh, me, uh, the biggest one, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I'm a big Zelda fan, and this one, you know, we kept getting little teases and teases of what this game's going to be about, like 20-second trailers <laughs> out there. That's all we're getting. But they finally lifted the curtain on it, and it looks awesome. The graphics look cool. It's a whole open-world game that, you know, for Zelda, is taking it to a whole other level, which looks awesome. A lot of customization. And for the first time, and even though it's amazing, like it's been around for video games forever now, English voice acting in the Zelda game. We've never had that before. <laughs> it's always been text, right? Text and just like gibberish of like different <laughs> language and stuff that they've created for the game, which gets annoying after a while. So <laughs> Link's still not going to talk, which is fine. But when we get like voiceovers and some of the characters talking in English, that's I've been waiting for that for years because it just brings you into the universe more. It just makes it feel like finally a modern game, which the last Zelda game was kind of lacking. So. I'm excited for that one. Another one that looked really cool was Titanfall 2. I don't know if you played the first one. Well, that was an Xbox exclusive, so yeah. you didn't play that one. But it was on sale during the holidays for like 5 bucks, so I downloaded it. But I've never played it until I saw the trailer for the second one. And that kind of got me pumped for it. So I tried it for the first time last week. And it's actually a fun game. It's kind of like Battlefront, where it's just you know multiplayer shooter, but with mechs. But it was fun. And the second one's going to have a single-player campaign in there, too, which looks really cool. So... Yeah, those ones, and of course, Injustice were probably, and Final Fantasy XV, which is coming out in September, but the new stuff they showed on that looked, <laughs> looks so good. The graphics on that game look amazing, so I can't wait for that one. But There wasn't anything for the remake of Final Fantasy VII. Right? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> it seems like with Square Enix, they reveal a game at an E3 that you're yeah. really excited for, but then the next year they don't show it, but then the year after they'll show it again. <laughs> <laughs> They did that with Final Fantasy VII Remake, and when they first announced Kingdom Hearts 3, they had that trailer, didn't show anything new for it. I, I don't believe in 2014, but then in 2015 last year, uh, they did show some new stuff. So There's going to be another uh, Kingdom Hearts, right? Yeah, just no release date for it just yet. They're okay. making a new... It's kind of The remakes they did for Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, they're yeah. doing another one for the PS4 that's a remake of a 3DS game that came out a few years ago that they're putting on a console. And it's going to feature like a brief uh, new game that's going to showcase a little bit of what the graphics and the fighting style is going to be for Kingdom Hearts 3 on there. So I'm excited for that one, which is coming out later this year. But I just want more info on Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> yeah, and how can they do that weird numbering system? Yeah. I'm a diehard fan of Kingdom Hearts, and I don't even get it or yeah. know what it refers to. Because this one's called Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Remix. Whatever that 8 means, I don't know. <laughs> what? Yeah, why don't they just stick to like, Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2, 
remake of Kingdom Hearts yeah. 1. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 1. 1.5, 2.5, 2.8. You got uh, 368 days over 8 or something like weird yeah. name like that. <laughs> but as long as the games are good, which they are. <laughs> good, good. So, yep, that's E3 for 2016. It was a good one. So, like I said, it's going to be <laughs> an expensive but fun time to be a gamer these next few years, but I can't wait to play all this cool Not stuff. Not to mention, it's going to be new consoles pretty soon. Yeah, the Project Scorpio, which is coming out next year. Yeah, which, Neo. Which, you know, means not only new console, but new 4K TV you're going to have to get. <laughs> <laughs> so, better start saving now, which I'm planning to do. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's our featured topic for this episode. Uh, thanks to everyone who responded on Twitter. Uh, Tim and I really like reading those. Definitely. Um, got a good response for this one. I think we had 40 votes for that Twitter post, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, let's get into our news. And speaking of being excited for something, Tim. Yes. (laughs) Uh, the Killing Joke will have a one-night-only theatrical release on July 25th. And guess who's going, Tim? Oh, I got my ticket. <laughs> yep, you got your ticket. Did you look down to see if they're having a screening in Hawaii? No, I didn't even look. Maybe they're probably not. Yeah, yeah now I'm just curious to see if they are now. So <laughs> you should at least check, even if you're not able to go. Yeah, well, well, well let, me, uh, let me look it up. All right. But this was cool news regardless. I mean, that the fact that they're doing this for The Killing Joke, having a one-night-only screening for it at certain theaters. I mean, they've never done this for any of the other DC animated movies. I mean, they have their premiere nights, which uh, fans can go to, but nothing that's nationwide where you can go to your local theater and check it out. So it was great. I was fortunate enough to have one uh, pretty close to me, so I got my ticket yesterday. And I got to give a, a shout out to uh, my friend on Twitter, Rashad, who actually mentioned me on Twitter saying, hey, do you have one in your theory yet? I got my tickets. And I kind of forgot about that yesterday was the day that they went on sale. So I was like, oh, shoot, I got to go check this out <laughs> to see if, uh, what theater has it and if they're still selling it. So thank you, Rashad, for reminding me. And I was able to get those tickets. So it's going to be on July 25th at 7 p.m. I will be seeing The Killing Joke and I cannot wait. And everything, I just keep hearing and seeing and reading especially when you hear mark hamill talk about it just gets you really pumped up for it so it's going to be a fun night seeing it on the big screen with uh, other batman fans so i can't wait there actually is one is it pretty <laughs> close to you or yeah it's it's 10 minutes away <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be tempted now dane <laughs> unfortunately i doubt i can go is it at a theater that you normally go to, or would be a theater where that a, a new one that you would go just for this movie? No, it's it's at a theater that I've been to before, okay. but um, yeah, I'm still I'm still not going to be able to go. <laughs> I'll be sure to give you my full report when I after I see it that day. Okay, good, good. Uh, I I don't think I really need your review for this, but. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just tell I you how just, much fun I had. <laughs> I just like to hear it, just in case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty since you pretty know what pretty much know what the comic is and the team behind it and their track record. Yeah, it's pretty safe to say it's going to be great. <laughs> yep. Uh, so if you want to uh, buy tickets for or t- if you want to see 
if uh, a movie theater near you is showing it, just go to fathomevents.com. Fathom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, our next piece of news is uh, David Ayer. He explains the Joker's look in Suicide Squad. And Tim? Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm kind of glad he said this and... Which had because I was always, you know, with Joker's new look and all the tattoos, I was always wondering, you know, is it just a stylized choice where, you know, that's the look they wanted to go for, or is there going to be, you know, a reasoning behind it? And I'm glad to say David Ayer just said recently, uh, talking about uh, Jared Leto playing the Joker and creating this version of the Joker, he also wins uh, the tattoos and why they're there. And I'm just going to read what he said. He goes, he says, uh, the tattoos tell a very specific story and eventually people will decipher them and understand what's going on. But obviously they're contentious. Anytime you do something new, it's contentious. There's very specific stories and Easter eggs in those tattoos. And even his teeth, there's an entire story behind that, which is absolutely canon. It's putting his history on his body. The Joker is a little more working class who I believe could live in our world. So when he was saying that, how there's Easter eggs and stories behind all those tattoos and even the teeth, you know, which when we first saw that picture, we were speculating like maybe Batman knocked his teeth out or something. And that's why he has that grill. So if we get stuff like that, which is cool, but I'm kind of hoping, and I think he hinted to this too, where it's not all going to be explained just in Suicide Squad. I'm hoping that we get hints and pieces of it in the solo Batman film too to learn, you know, what certain things on the tattoos on his body say. So I was just kind of glad to hear that it's not, you know, just a stylized choice that they thought looked cool, but yet they're going with something different, but yet at the same time going to tell a story. So uh, I can get behind that and that decision to put those on him for this version of the Joker. So I thought it was good that David Ayer came out and explained that whole situation behind those tattoos. Because like you said, it was uh, controversial to say the least. And I know not everyone is in love with that look, but hopefully maybe it'll provide more. uh, You could accept it more once you get context to what they actually mean. Oh, I I forgot one, Tim. I forgot a game. (laughs) Hey, at least you caught it now while we're still recording. (laughs) Uh, Death Stranding. Death Stranding season. I don't even remember that one. That's the new uh, uh, Hideo uh, Kojima game. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I was just going to say. It's one of the weirdest trailers I've ever seen. It was weird. And because of that, it just it didn't grab my interest. And obviously, since I couldn't remember the name for it. Yeah, so yeah. it was like just a naked guy with a baby attached to him (laughs) with some ships in the sky it looked like so but again would you expect anything less than the premiere trailer from Hideo Kojima yeah yeah I mean you can definitely definitely tell it's his yeah (laughs) Uh, and and... I'm sorry I was just going to say, I remember the whole Phantom Pain launch trailer where they were trying to make it like it was a brand new game and not Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy with all the bandages over his face as one of the developers. <laughs> <laughs> or or even like uh, PT. I don't know if you ever played that. Uh, the, the playable trailer for the uh, Silent Hills. Mm. No, I never tried that one. Oh. One thing that's like one of the freakiest games I've ever played, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's just you're pretty much going around in a hallway, and for like the for like the longest time, 
I was wondering, like, 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 what is this? All right, I mean, are they serious? Are, are they seriously going to make a new Silent Hills game, or is this just like a a tease kind of a thing? Because it, it it was at the time where like news was starting to come out that he was unhappy at Konami. And I was wondering, like, is is this going to be an actual game or is this going to be, you know, just a little thing that he did before he left? And it turns out I was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right in that it was just a little thing that he did and not a game? No, no, it was going to be a game, but oh, okay. uh, he left. Uh, okay, so it's unfinished. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all of our news for for this episode. Um, and we can get to our favorite part of the episode, which is our conversation with Alex. Um, I'm not going to include the listener feedback part because it's pretty much just Alex. Yeah, <laughs> until we get other emails, we'll just call it a <laughs> conversation with Alex now. Uh, Alex, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Alex says, hey guys, great, great episode as always. I, wait, I have to be honest with you. So far I've praised all your guests, but that last one, Keep him off. <laughs> Total disgrace to the name of Alex. Half the time, I don't think he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> he was so inconsistent. I just hope that wedding was worth it because, Dane, it, it, <laughs> you were uh, missed. The That intro was great, though. It might be my favorite one yet. <laughs> that takes Alex. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this Again, it was great to finally have Alec on the last episode, finally yeah. talk to him after all the cool emails he sent. So it was a really fun episode, Alec. So again, just thanks for joining us on that one. Hope we can have you on again sometime also. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he says, in all seriousness, thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast. Did you notice that I changed my stance on the whole promise part of Bruce's character? I don't know why it was such a foreign concept to me. I guess it's because I'm the only one I know who thought promises meant something. Well, except for the phony trap type promises, like, does this dress make me look fat? <laughs> no, promise, yes. <laughs> you can't trap someone with promises like that. Although, technically, you are telling the truth since it's not really the dress. But it's best not to bring that up unless you want to get punched in the face. I guess I probably shouldn't say this on air then. Oh, well. If I get a Shiner next week, I'm going to assume it's from a Bat fan. In which case, I'll wear it proudly. <laughs> I know, we don't want fellow Bat fans beating up each other. <laughs> Did you guys see J.K. Simmons is working out like crazy for Justice League? Or at least I assume he works out like crazy because he looks pretty strong. I really hope he's well utilized in Justice League because it'll be nice to see a Gordon with some edge. He's an amazing actor, so I have no doubt he'll do a great job if he's given a good script. The last movie I saw him in was Whiplash, and he was fantastic. Yes, he was, Alex, because I also saw that movie, and he was great in it. But, man, that photo he took, <laughs> yeah, wasn't expected to look that jacked up. <laughs> but, I mean, it didn't specifically say if that was for Gordon, though, or not, but it's they're filming Justice League now, so it's kind of safe to assume it is. <laughs> Oh, that would be weird to see a bulked up Gordon unless he's going to be in that bat suit like in Scott Snyder's uh, Super Heavy story. But yeah. it, I don't know, this is a little. Uh, <laughs> I was taken back by how much he was bulking up for that. But why? I, mean, I know. He's... <laughs> and he's not even going to have that big of a role in Justice League, I don't think. Yeah. His but... beard looked a little crazy, too. <laughs> yeah. 
But anyway, uh, Alex always has questions, and his first question is, uh, since we all love the psychological complexities of Bruce's character, I was just curious if you had an interest in those MBTI personality tests. Do you think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy to hold yourself to a label? How would you esteem psychiatrists, Dr. Dane and Dr. Tim, describe Bruce's pers- personality? <laughs> Does he have a personality? <laughs> I mean, he seems kind of cold as ice up. Uh, you know, in every comic that I've ever read. So that's your diagnosis, Dr. Dane? Just yeah. cold as ice? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm going to go on a more positive aspect for my diagnosis on Bruce's personality. I'm going to go with determined. I mean, you, you got to be a determined guy to, like Alex mentioned in the email with his promise, to keep that promise for your whole life that you made to your parents after your graves and to see nothing is going to stop you from keeping that promise and to make sure what happened to you happens to nobody else. So and I think that's an admirable quality for Batman to have. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you get Batman stories where uh, there's people like district attorneys, doctors at Arkham saying Batman just as crazy as the villains. He should be in there with them. But I don't look at it that way. He, I look at him as being someone who's just determined to, you know, like I said, help those in need and to keep that promise. So that's my diagnosis on Bruce's personality. Yeah, you see, I, I guess I kind of see it the other way, where it, you're not wrong though either. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think it. I think he had noble intentions to honor his parents, to make a promise to his parents that uh, th- this wouldn't happen to any other person, right? Mm. But then I think after a while, it became compulsive. Like he had to do it, otherwise he'd go crazy. Yeah, I can see that. But I, I like to think, like I said, it just he just has that drive that he had as a child that never left him at, yeah. once he became Batman to you know, keep fighting crime and doing all the things that he does. So yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it. But I mean, because there are stories that give evidence to both where he could yeah. be that way. And don't get me wrong, it's, it, it is noble going out like that. But uh, I mean, going out and fighting crime but I think at this point, I mean, I'm not sure where we are in the rebirth thing, but uh, I think, let's say pre-New 52, right? Okay. I think at that point, it wasn't so much like this promise anymore hmm. because he had been doing it for so long that it became like com- compulsion, like someone someone that has OCD where they need to wash their hands five times you know <laughs> you're describing me right there <laughs> yeah yeah otherwise you know you're like oh man but my hands are dirty you know i think it's the same thing with bruce but i don't know i i, I know people don't really like to argue that because it kind of goes against the sort of idea of batman mm-hmm. so it kind of makes me think too of how he developed over the course of the animated series by the time he got to the new Batman adventures where Batman and Bruce were kind of viewed as a jerk (laughs) by you know especially Dick Grayson and almost everyone later on because of kind of what you're talking about and even that episode called uh, chemistry where poison ivy creates like that his perfect uh, bride or perfect wife and he gets married and Dick's all like I give him a week and Barbara's all, what, for the wedding or for the marriage to last? He goes, no, until it gets back into the costume. <laughs> kind of like yeah. insinuating that 
uh, excessive compulsive behavior that you're talking about. So, yeah, it is definitely an interesting topic to talk about as far as, you know, what certain Bat fans think of, you know, of Bruce's personality. Of course, it all depends on the story that we get to, but uh, yeah. there is some consistencies throughout uh, Bruce and Batman as a character throughout the different incarnations, too, where you can maybe pinpoint someone a uh, specific trait. Uh, his his second question is, is there a song verse that you think best describes Batman and the Condiment King? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the lyric must use each condiment, <laughs> ketchup, mustard, mayo, etc. And show how each condiment reflects a part of Batman's psyche. Oh, and you must sing while hopping on one foot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The first question was so serious that I had to come up with something ridiculous. Just saying <laughs> one lyric that describes Batman will do. Oh, man. It's it's funny. I don't know why, but when I first read this part of Alex's email, this song doesn't have any mentions of condiments like ketchup, mustard, or mayo. But I think it's a song that the Condiment King would probably listen to. Do you remember the song by the Presidents of the United States, Peaches? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about their love for peaches. And like at the end, the main lyric to the song is like, Peaches, millions of peaches, peaches for free, millions of peaches, peaches for me. <laughs> it was like a song that gets stuck in your head and it makes absolutely no sense. It's silly. It's about peaches. And it almost kind of fits the condiment king, how he loves like ketchup, mustard, and mayo. But for some reason, I just thought of that song for being something ridiculous. But. Actually, I can't tie it into Batman also because there was the episode of the animated series called Animal Act where the Mad Hatter would take control of the circus animals for robberies. And one of the gorillas that night we mentioned was Peaches. So it all comes together. (laughs) Um, For me, uh, see, what's a good lyric, Tim? That's that's a tough question with all the songs out there. I I got it. Uh, It's a... song that i like it's a song that uh i was listening to this past all this past week uh my name is jonas uh awesome song (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why hey it's a great song that's why (laughs) um well i mean the 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 reason why is because i this guy that i work with he plays uh, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh-huh. uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, or whatever it's called. Okay. That album uh, on re- repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to listen to something else. But what's the line that made you think of Batman? Or what's the lyric of the line? Uh, I'm carrying the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jonas. I'm carrying the wheel. Yeah. Thanks for all your show. Now you're going to be singing the whole song. <laughs> this is how we feel. <laughs> uh, one of Weezer's best. And a great way to kick off the Blue Album. <laughs> yeah. Um, his third question is, which members of Batman supporting cast need to be in the Batman mythos for you to be interested in Batman? I like Alfred, Gordon, and Robin, but Matt, Batman is such a compelling, compelling character that I don't need them. Spider-Man is my second favorite hero, but I need Mary Jane in the mythos. For me to be interested in Spider-Man. She's just as important for Spider-Man as Joker is for Batman, in my opinion. Well, I kind of agree where he says that Batman is so so compelling that 
he doesn't necessarily need anybody in there for me to be interested in him as a character because like I said many times he's my favorite fictional character ever so yeah but when you're telling the Batman stories there are characters that I think have to be in there and you mentioned them like Alfred Gordon and I would put Dick Grayson in there too and of course if you're going to tell a story you can only have one villain I think it would have to be the Joker so those are like the the, the characters that I feel are a necessity to be in a Batman, like a complete Batman story, if you're going to tell. Um, yeah, probably Alfred, because he, he, you just think about him every time you read a Batman story, for me at least. And uh, when he's utilized really well, like he was in uh, the, the new issue of Batman, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, you can really tell that and the and uh lincecum just beat the a's so. <laughs> uh, congratulations <laughs> i guess yeah i guess he's staying on the roster <laughs> at least for one more week <laughs> yeah um yeah but when it's done really good you can bruce becomes a different character uh batman becomes becomes a different character and so i think he's essential to uh batman yeah, and really, has there ever been a Batman incarnation without Alfred in movies, TV shows? Well, Dark Knight Rises. Well, he was in it, but wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was only in it for 10 minutes. So. Yeah, we're pretty much done with Alfred in our commentaries until the very, very end. Yeah. So yeah, we're not going to be wow. seeing him for a long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's it from Alex. Thank you, Alex, for your email. Thank you for coming on uh, again. And uh, like we say in every episode, we love you, right, Tim? Yep, and it's great to have you on Twitter now, Alex. Glad you he might oh, yeah, definitely this episode. <laughs> created a Twitter account. Yes, he's at, at uh, Alex War Journal. And has so, a, I was going to say has a cool uh, background and profile picture of Bruce from year one. I don't know what that's from. I mean, uh, his Twitter War Journal. Yeah, <laughs> he'll have to let us know on his next email. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that moves us into our comic book reviews. And like we say at the beginning of every comic book review, this is going to be filled with spoilers. And you don't want to be spoiled right now because, you know, it's the kickoff of the new event. I mean, I mean the new uh, chapter of DC Comics, mm-hmm. uh, the rebirth after New 52. Kind of, you know, it wasn't the greatest thing in the world. Right, Tim? Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Correcting some mistakes, you could say. Yes, definitely. So, you don't want to be spoiled on this, so just pause it right here. Go read Detective Comics number 934 and Batman number 1. Wait, Dane, can you say that Detective com- number one more time? Uh, Detective Comics number 934. Uh, how great is it to be back to the normal numbering for Detective but Comics again? Still, <laughs> it's kind of like if, if you're a collector, you got a bunch of issues. Like 40, 50 issues. Yeah, well, 40 I know. 40 or 50. But still, at least, like I said, yeah. one of the things they're correcting, getting it back to that original numbering. While it is, there's a little taint on it now, it's, yeah. it's good to have to make it to that 1,000 issue eventually. Yeah, so um, pause this uh, this episode right now and go out and get your books and read them and come back and uh, listen to us talk about it. Uh, but yeah, le- like I said, we're doing Detective Comics number 934 and Batman number one. 
for this episode, our rating scale is going to be uh, to, uh, what is it? Tim? Like grammar mistakes made by Tim. <laughs> yeah, grammar mistakes made by Tim. So, Tim, Detective Comics number 934. Tell us what you think. Detective Comics 934. Yes, I just like saying 934 now. <laughs> I thought was a great issue and a great kicking off point for this uh, new storyline that's being brought to Batman and the whole uh, rebirth line in general. So uh, it kicks off with Azrael, <laughs> which a character I haven't seen in a long time, getting beat up by someone where you see in the shadows that looks like Batman. And before he can finish Azrael off, the real Batman bursts through the window in a very cool like splash page shot with broken window and lightning in the background a bunch of bats flying or bat logos in the background it looks really cool but when batman gets there the assailant has left and he just sees azrael and this drone that uh, he destroys with the battering and he's asking azrael who did this to you and all azrael could say you did and then one of the last panel on the page you see someone in the shadows looking at monitors of what's going on with batman and azrael in that church and he just gives a little uh, maniacal laugh like heh <laughs> so then we move on to Batwoman swinging over uh, Gotham uh, City skylight and I'm just right off the bat I gotta say I love Eddie Barrow's art in this issue this looks really cool and vibrant that just jumps off the page for a lot of uh, the sequences in this issue so great art and uh, we get Batwoman talking to her father he's kind of saying you were meant more for this especially as a soldier and she's you know just kind of listening and not hearing it saying uh, she needs to do what she has to do and when she gets to her apartment, uh, Batman's there. She noticed someone is there, but didn't know it was Batman. And then Batman tells her what's going on about Azrael being attacked and about someone's watching all the vigilantes in Gotham. And he's come to ask for her help. At first, she thinks she's just Batman's there just to recruit her, to join a team. But he's actually asking her for his help to kind of be his partner, to train, you know, and protect the new and upcoming vigilantes in Gotham, you know, like on the cover, spoiler, uh, Cassandra Kane as a new character, Orphan, Tim Drake as Robin, or Red Robin, I should say. But, I mean, I would give this issue a high score anyway just because of him being back in his classic Robin costume. It just looks so cool and easily the best Robin costume ever created. And the fact that they're bringing it back now for Tim, the original Robin who had it, is really cool. So I'm really glad they made that decision, despite it I, having two I actually marks. thought that that was Damien. Oh, really? Because he's fighting with Steph. <laughs> And I, I, I don't know. I just thought that was Damien for a second. <laughs> he was much too nice to be Damien. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just love having that classic costume back. So hats off or whoever <laughs> made that decision. But yeah, and then this is a par- part of the comic I really liked. And I don't know if I never put two and two together where it was hinted before because uh, we know uh, Batwoman, her last name was Kane, and Bruce's mother's last name was Kane in most of the stories. I know in certain ones, especially in... Jeff Johns' Earth-1 Batman story, your last name is Arkham. So there has been different uh, versions of Martha as far as what her last name is. But I like how Bruce revealed his identity to Batwoman. And he says, you know, I may not be a king, but my mother's was. And she's like, not quite surprised that Batman is Bruce. She knew all along. And Batman's all like, how? And he's all like, Batman's all, come on now, we're cousins. So I just like that aspect of knowing that, you know, Batman has a fellow family member who's fighting crime and it's his cousin i think that's cool to have a little more of a natural family dynamic <laughs> with the batman team than you know just uh, bruce taking in uh orphans and troubles like 
kids to be part of his team, but he actually has a blood relative, which I found to be pretty cool, and I like that. So the rest of the story is kind of like a monologue of showing them getting together the different members of the team. We get a fun sequence, like you mentioned, Dane, with Spoiler. And Tim is Red Robin taking down Penguin's thugs. Then we get one with um, Cassandra Kane and her new uh, name, Orphan, in her costume, which looks really cool. I like how it's similar to her original Batgirl one, just minus the ears, but it has that cool mask and the stitching that goes over it. So I'm really glad she's being brought into the team because she was a character who was long overdue to (laughs) make a good comeback into the DC universe. And uh, lastly, they got the character who I was most intrigued to see why they're recruiting him, which is Clayface. And it's a pretty cool moment here, too, where he's not doing anything wrong. You see people running out of a movie theater, but then you see Clayface just watching a movie that starred him as Basil Carlo before the accident. And just kind of, he broke out of Arkham just to see that because he wanted to, you know, remember that time when he was a normal person and an up and coming actor and before the accident. And he's even telling Batman, he's like, look, this one night I wanted to do this and remember it, so I'll go back to Arkham as soon as the movie's over. And Batman's all like, what if I can offer you something more? And then he tells him about joining his team. And Batwoman still isn't sure about it. So the issue ends with Batman and Batwoman giving the recruits a pep talk. You know, Batwoman's telling them, like, welcome to boot camp. I'm going to be hard on you. And everyone is, you know, just kind of getting ready to go out and do what they have to do. And at the very end, Batwoman kind of tells Batman, you're hiding something from me. I don't know what yet, but we're partners now, so don't act like you can hide it from me. You gotta, you know, let me know what's going on so we could both be on the same page. Then the issue ends with, you know, we get a look at the secret villain who's in the shadows but has an army of uh, uh, people who are not quite Batman armor, but their face and their helmets do have a Batman look to it. So we'll see what this is all about and what this villain is planning. So and why he's targeting, you know, the Batman vigilantes in Gotham. So I do like where the story is going. With going with the title Detective Comics, it has a mystery aspect to it. I'm liking the character dynamic between Batman and Batwoman. And the members of this new team, I pretty much like everyone. <laughs> Red Robin, spoiler, Orphan, and Clayface. I mean, we'll see how their dynamic, dynamic plays out in later issues. But I'm liking the setup here. My, if I had one nitpick, it would probably be the way Batwoman was talking to them, like, tell them they're in boot camp and you, know, you need to listen to what I say. I could see that for every character there except Tim because, you know, he's had experience with Batman before and he maybe doesn't necessarily need to hear that. So that was one little thing where she maybe could have said, excluding you, Red Robin, because, you know, you work with Batman, but now she included him and in all that too. So that was one little nitpick. But overall, I really love this issue and I can't wait to see where it's going to go. So I'm going to give it four out of five grammar mistakes that Tim made while sending the show notes. <laughs> um, when I first bought this uh, Detective Comics, I uh, I really didn't expect to like it. Um, one thing starts off with Azrael, and I'm like, oh <laughs> man, God, why? And as it went along, you know, I Tim, I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually liked Detective Comics. Man, what was the last time you said that? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, it, it's got to be Scott Snyder's de- detective. Yeah, well, you did you? I think you enjoyed it a little bit. I don't know if it's not on the Scott Snyder's level, but uh, the Francis Monopole run. Oh, yeah, I liked that one. This yeah, wasn't long enough. <laughs> like a year ago, was that? It might be two years ago, actually. Two years? Yeah. 
I actually like Detective Comics for once. Um, like, like Tim, I I can't wait to see where this is going. And I have to say, highlight this issue, and it's not going to be what you're, what you're expecting, Tim. <laughs> it's not going to be Batwoman? <laughs> no. It's going to be Clayface. Ah, <laughs> see? I almost, I almost want a Clayface monthly. <laughs> wow. Um... I just thought his little part in in this book was was just awesome. You know the the whole scene in the in the um, uh, movie theater where he's watching the movie, and he's just yeah. like, I, you, you know, I'll go back to Arkham. Just let me have this this one moment where I was normal and everything was all right, and it all, it's only going to last eighty two minutes. So once eighty two minutes is gone, I'm going to go back to Arkham. You made a short and, movie, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What kind of movie is that? Or or maybe they caught it, you know, in the beginning. Oh, that's true. Maybe he's in the middle of it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and, and also on the scene where they're all they're all swinging on the rooftop mm-hmm. and he's like, what am I supposed to do? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh, actually. Um so yeah, I did not expect to see this. Uh, I didn't expect to like this this issue. Uh, Cassandra, I want to see more of Cassandra Kane as her new persona, Orphan. Um, f- first, I thought her name was Quiet, but her name is Orphan, <laughs> right? Yeah, Orphan has a much more uh, superhero uh, crime fighting name to yeah. it than uh, Silent does. You see, it's it's like they they took like the fan favorite. I mean. It, it, Except for Clayface, they took the fan favorite uh, Batman Universe heroes, and they just decided to go with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, Batwoman. I I can't complain about seeing Batwoman <laughs> written well. Yeah. Really. <laughs> um, I, Bat- I was just thinking. You said the last time you liked the Detective Comics. When was the last time you liked Detective Comics with Batwoman in it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, probably yeah, Elegy. Yeah, <laughs> that's her debut in that story. Uh. What was that like? Ten years ago? <laughs> not quite, but we're getting there, ago? I think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I did not expect to like this, um, especially with the whole drone thing, and they're doing the new villain sort of thing. Uh, that can really, really be bad for you. Um, but. It looks like it's going to pay off, and it looks like this is actually going to be a good story. Uh, especially when you add on, you know, Cassandra, Steph, Batwoman, Clayface, and uh, yeah, Batwoman, you know. You forgot Tim. How can you forget Tim? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tim. Uh, it's like, it's. It's only going to make it better. So yep. I, like you, I can't wait to see where this one is going. So I'm going to give this three and a half out of five stars. Nice. Or yeah. th- three and a half out of five times Tim made spelling errors on the show notes. <laughs> yeah, James Tinian the fourth knocked it out of the park with Batman and Ninja Turtles and looks like he's continuing that streak with Detective Comics. So hats off to him for the great first issue on the rebirth of Detective Comics. Yeah, and I don't really like... Uh, Tinian's work, but um, he's always been hit or miss for me. He has some cool stuff, and then some stuff was like, eh. yeah. Um, but to be fair, I've only read his backup stuff in um, 
uh, Scott Snyder's Batman. So maybe I wasn't giving him a shot, but he, he he's doing near perfect on this uh, on this story. Agreed. Well, tell us what you think about the, uh, uh, Batman oh, number one. <laughs> I was waiting for the segue now for Batman number one. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, Batman number one, Tim. <laughs> See, much better. <laughs> so, Batman number one. Um, heard a lot of great stuff going into it before I actually read it. Um, you heard great things about, you know, the new creative team that's going to be on it with Tom King. Uh, he already did a great job with Grayson, and then I'm hearing too with some of his Marvel stuff, like uh, Vision has been amazing. So, and he's getting the reputation of like the new hot up and coming writer now. So, so I had high expectations going into Batman, and just right off the bat, I'll say it's a good issue, but I didn't think it was great like I heard it was going into it, and the reputation that uh, Tom King had going in. So I don't want to make it sound like it was a bad issue because it's not by any means. I just I don't know didn't feel it lived up to the hype it was getting uh beforehand i kept saying good reviews for it so um basically it starts off you know see an airplane full of people arriving into gotham and batman's having a conversation with gordon how um it's like the terrorist group cobra they stole like some uh service to air missiles but as they're talking about it one goes off and they see it hit the plane so gordon and batman batman runs off and then gordon's scrambling you know to try to get everything together to see to do what they can and in the beginning, Batman's talking with Alfred and trying to get information about the plane and how to stop it. What's the best way to do it? He gets help from Duke Thomas, who we know is going to play a role in uh, Batman comics going forward. So he's gathering all intel and information as he zips into the Batmobile and drives off, which I have to say, the new Batmobile in this comic looks awesome. <laughs> Very Batman the, Animated Steel, Batman the Animated Series-esque in design. So I thought it looked really cool. And as that's going through Batman... Uh, gets the information he needs from Gordon and Duke. He ejects in the Batmobile and from his seat and starts to go towards the plane. Uh, and he lands on it. And on his ejection seat are some jet engines. And he's going to use those to put on the plane to, you know, try to do what he can to save it. And the the big uh, drawing point in this issue is, you know, it's a situation that, you know, Batman normally doesn't, find himself in and trying to save this is like a job for superman green lantern or wonder woman saving a plane from crashing so you don't normally see batman in this situation which was kind of cool and something different and probably my favorite part of the issue was we get a moment in the plane and we just see somebody in there freaking out like you know typical gotham like this is it like if we if i was in any other city we'd have superman or green lantern and they could catch our flying plane but no i have to live in gotham where we don't have a hero who can do that we got jokers and penguins it's like we get we get the hero we deserve by living in gotham so like i thought that was a fitting description of what somebody in gotham would probably feel if they were going through this you know you know how bad gotham is and the reputation it has so it just i thought it felt fitting and the great way to end it was you see a little kid looking at the plane and he sees Batman uh, outside on the wing doing what he can, you know, and showing contrast to what that person was saying. So as I was going through the issue, I was thinking, like, how is Batman going to stop this? And like I said, he's, he attaches the different jet engines to the plane. And then he has this cord once he tells Alfred to ignite those engines that he's going to steer it. And, you know, usually i able to suspend my disbelief for certain situations easily. Like, I don't get hung up on certain things that don't make sense. So I was buying into it with Batman putting on those 
engines on the plane. But then when he said he's going to steer it and he's going to make it the new Bat plane, just with that cable, I was like, I don't know. That seems a little too far fetched that Batman's able to steer the direction of this plane just with that cable. Like, I was expecting maybe, you know, he put a hacking device into the piloting controls and he was going to take control of it and steer it that way. But it looked like he just do it on sheer strength, which. I don't know if I missed something while reading it that explained it, but to me, as I'm remembering it now, it's like, I don't know, it felt a little too far-fetched for me. So, uh, we get Batman. It looks like he's going to have success in diverting it into the ocean and not have any casualties in the city and in the plane, but Alfred's telling him, you know, you're not going to survive this, and this is probably going to be it. And then Batman and Alfred start talking, and he's telling him, you know, I left uh, messages for, you know, uh, Dick about uh and pretty much everybody in the bat family with i should die and how uh duke thomas like he'd say i'm sorry that i just took you in but i'm gone now maybe dick grayson could you know take over as his teacher and then bruce is saying like the last thing he says to alfred um is this a good death you know a little heart back or calling back to the dark knight returns and alfred was saying yes master bruce your parents would have been proud as proud as i am and it is certainly a good death and i don't know for me, I just—it's one of those things where I just can't quite put my finger on why I thought it just didn't work as well as it was intended to. Because maybe it was the first issue, and it was a little too soon to be getting—you know—Batman ready to sacrifice himself. And the way it was going to happen, maybe it was not something I'd picture Batman going out saving a plane. I don't know. It just didn't feel right to me. This, the whole thing of Batman now dying and saying his goodbye to Alfred and asking if it's a good death. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing. I just can't put my finger on it where it just didn't work as well as I think it was intending to, for me anyway. So uh, before Batman gets the planes about to crash into the water, it gets lifted up and he's all, oh, is this Clark? But it gets revealed that it's these new superheroes. He says, I am Gotham and this is Gotham Girl and this is our city. We're here to save it. So um, I do kind of like the narrative that Tom King was playing here, you know, like I said, with that guy in the plane saying Gotham has no real heroes that could save us. But then at the end, it does look like we're getting heroes who are going to be like Superman types who can do, you know, the more crazy things to save people like catching planes, stopping missiles and all that type of stuff, which is a hero Gotham has never had before, which I do find intriguing. And I just can't help but think there's going to be more to these two characters as far as, you know, actually being heroes. We'll see if they end up being bad guys in the end. So I am intrigued with it. Um, I just didn't, you know, love it as much as I thought I would. Maybe it was just, you know... It was a different scenario for Batman, doing more super heroic things than just, you know, crime fighting on the streets and stopping uh, crime and helping those, you know, more street level type villains. So it was different. There was some cool moments, but there was things that just didn't work for me. And I just thought that final, you know, moment of uh, talking with Alfred and what might have been Batman's death just, I don't know, didn't have the effect on me that I thought it was going to have. When usually those moments between Batman and Alfred have you know, a good emotional pull on, on me when I'm reading that type of stuff. So um, I'm just going to give this one three out of five grammar mistakes Tim makes on the show notes. So this one was good and solid, but just not great like I was expecting to. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Tim. Um, I think the problem with this book, this issue, was uh, Batman dying. You know, uh, of course he's not going to die in issue number one of a new rebirth yeah <laughs> and i think i think that's that sort of thinking kind of led me to believe that this was uh kind of a mistake on tom king's part because 
like you said, it just didn't feel right. Uh, that whole dialogue that the, there, there's a note for Dick. There's you know, make sure that you know Duke gets the right training, um, and the callback to Darkhead Returns with with uh, the is this a good death? You know, it it just. It just didn't feel right, and it, feel, it, it, it felt like Tom King was just trying too hard to make it more epic. It, it didn't need to be more epic. It was already good enough. There was pl- a, a ton of action, and it felt like he just tried to squeeze in a little, little bit more mm-hmm. with a little bit of emotion at the end. Um, and the, the sort of ending with the two new heroes slash villains i don't know what to call them yet <laughs> <laughs> right now they're heroes anyway yeah yeah it's i don't know i th- this was the one th- this was the issue where i was kind of like okay where is this going and why is it going in this direction mm-hmm. why do we need another flying you know i'm here to save the day kind of guy you know and girl uh i mean it's supergirl superman jr right yeah. <laughs> so it, th- this is the one that's going to be sort of a wait and see kind of thing because I think Tom King was trying to do way, way, way too much. You know, he he tried to run before he could walk. You know. Yeah. So I know what you mean. It it definitely felt like something was missing. Um, there was a ton of action. The writing was okay. Um, it just was missing something that I'm not sure if we're going to get in this next issue because we're already introduced to Gotham Girl and Gotham, right? So, yeah, and like I, I said, it, they have the potential to be kind of interesting because, like I said, they have Gotham has never had heroes like that before, and to see how they, you know, interact with Batman, how Batman views them, could be kind of fun and to see where the stories goes. But I. Like you said, too, there's going to be some type of mystery to them that Batman's going to try to dig up and find out about. And we'll learn that there's more to them than meets the eye than just being heroes, I think. Yeah. So this one is definitely a a big wait and see. Uh, I am going to pick up the next issue because, like I said, I was waiting for this rebirth. And uh, so so I'm definitely going to pick up this issue. But I. I just don't know right now how much I'm going to like it because at least with, with Detective Comics, we got a sort of direction of where we were, where things were going to head. Mm-hmm. But with this one, it's kind of like, oh, here's this one thing. And then here's two new heroes slash villains that you've never seen before. And I have to say, I, I, I don't really like their design at all. <laughs> I don't like their Yeah, their they're not. They're not the greatest, I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I said, this one is a wait and see. Not sure how this is going to turn out, you know. So, uh, for this for this issue, I'm going to give it uh, two out of five times Tim made spelling errors on our show notes. <laughs> well, thankfully, it wasn't that many if it's only two for this review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, but before oh, we ahead. move off the comic discussions fully uh decided to tweet out kind of wanting to get some reactions for these first two issues of batman and rebirth so uh first off mark just sent a quick little note saying 
I effing love them. So <laughs> he like both of them, not just Detective. So I know he's a big Tom King fan. So um, yeah, he's Tom King's biggest supporter. <laughs> I have to say. So at least it lived up to the hype for him, which is good. Good, good. And then our buddies uh, at Robin, everyone loves the Drake podcast. Rob, he says, uh, Detective was hands down the best. Batman one shot was okay, and number one should have been the one shot. That being said, it was okay too. So Rob's on the same page as we are with Batman and Detective. So it's going to be fun to see, you know, <laughs> what series ends up being better in in the long run uh, with Detective and Batman. It's for so long it's been Batman, Batman, Batman as the strongest title out there. So we'll yeah. see if that changes now with Detective. So right now with issue one and the rebirth of Detective with 934, Detective has the advantage. So we'll see how it ends up. I'm so glad that I'm not the only one that was kind of uh, more mild on the the review of uh, Batman number one because I, like yeah, you, I saw I saw all these reviews that you know oh my god this is the greatest and after I read it I was like oh, I don't I don't know if that was good necessarily good but yeah it was kind of like am I was, the only one who feels this way because yeah, I saw, yeah. saw the same things you did yeah and it wasn't bad it wasn't bad I'm not saying this was a terrible issue but it it's I don't know. There's something missing, like like we both said. So uh with that, that's that's all of our comics for this episode. So um I guess that's it for us, right, Tim? Yep. Episode one eleven's in the book. Or uh, I think we missed up already, but ESO one eleven is done. <laughs> oh, ESO, yeah. And you know what this episode or ESO actually means too, Dane? What is that? We've just got 200 more till we get to episode 311. And that's going to be a monumental <laughs> one also. <laughs> Nothing but 311 talk on that episode. I've stayed in here first now. <laughs> um, It'll probably just be me all by myself on that, on that one. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I only know their one song. Uh, Come original. Come original, yeah. right. <laughs> that's the one that the music video, they're, they're filming, they filmed it in a... Um, Skate park or something. Yeah, well, it's all green screen, but there's a half pipe yeah. with a skateboarder going yeah, on. Yeah, half pipe, yeah. And the album cover is green. Yep. <laughs> what's, what's the album name? It's called Sound System. Sound System. My second favorite album of theirs. What's your first favorite? It's called Transistor, which is their album before Sound System. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, so, yeah. That's it from us, uh, unless you want to sing a 311 song, Tim. <laughs> I think I sang enough songs on this one with the Peaches one and My Name is Jonas. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, 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 that's good enough. That, that'll that have to do. So uh, go over to the BatmanUniverse.net on Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse. On uh, Twitter, the Twitter handle is at BatmanUniverse. Uh, my Twitter handle, or Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. Thank you. In honor of being 200 episodes away from episode 311. <laughs> you said my Twitter name, right? <laughs> That's so funny because you're, I mean, I know you don't uh, celebrate Christmas, Tim, but uh, you're kind of like that kid on January 25th saying there's only 12 more months to Christmas. <laughs> uh, and, and my Twitter handle is at Banana. And you can rate and review us on iTunes and you can listen to us on iTunes. Maybe this is how you're listening to us right now. Um, so please rate and review us on, on there. 
if you would like to send us an email, you can send us an email at badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And our, <laughs> our show Twitter handle is at badfanspodcast. Almost at badfans27. <laughs> I didn't mess that up on the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not. So with that, when we say the end of every episode, just remember, feeling alone in this world, just know that Tim and Dane love you and care about you. Right, Tim? To all of our hearts. So just remember, Tim and Dane, yes. Farewell.